Blood and Bud with Billy Coyne and myself. Jeff blood and Bud. We have a guest tonight, one of our good friend of mine. Want to introduce yourself, buddy? Sure. My name is Josh Estrada. Uh, big fan of horror, big fan of Bud, you know. <laughs> Perfect guy for the show. And uh, I like the fact that you gave us, like, those two episodes to watch. Um, can you explain a little bit on, like, why you picked those two? Sure. So, <laughs> not really sure what what to bring here. I decided on two, uh, like, science fiction series standalone episodes that show classic horror, uh, like, classic horror film type storylines mixed in with the science fiction and for both of them the orville and star trek voyager you don't have to know anything about either series to watch these two episodes you can just watch them stand alone and understand everything enough to enjoy the episodes and i think just as a horror fan myself i've always enjoyed that within the science fiction world which is kind of like my like probably my main genre of interest mm-hmm. i love it yeah, Billy, yeah. what do you think about it? Well, I really, it's it's funny because I I always know have known of Star Trek. You know, I, I've seen bits and pieces over the years of the series. I've never really been, I guess you would say, an avid fan, but I've always caught stuff, and I've seen a few uh, Voyagers before, and where the other show you mentioned, the Orville, I've only known of it by reputation because I am a big. Seth McFarlane fan uh, between Ted and Family Guy so I already I'm such a big fan of this guy but I've never seen his show <laughs> yeah hello you still there um, yeah so I actually always watched um, Star Trek Next Generation I okay. didn't really get into Voyager much but watching that episode, it made me, like, actually respect Captain Jane, like, way more, you know? Captain Janeway's a badass redhead flying through space. You gotta love it. Like, exactly. you of all people. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that, right? Oh, man. Film production never ends. Jesus Christ. <laughs> gotta love the life, Billy Boo. Gotta love the life. Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, just... And I think it's really interesting with having, you know, these, I guess, it, what I found is the whole human, or not human, because some of these characters aren't human, but the whole, what the mind can do, psychosis with fear, and setting it in basically a science fiction avenue is, I've always found fascinating, because one of my, I mean, people say Star Trek or Star Wars. Me, I've always say Galaxy of Terror because I love low budget. And to take the whole construct of fear and how people individually, you know, how it varies. So what one person can think is terrifying, someone else can find is equally as terrifying or is not. And so that's what I really liked about the Voyager episode is how they were all pieces of these fears from other people and with the whole Oroville thing I thought it was really interesting the big thing is 
how to face your fear. And they had to do this, you know, to basically, you know, have to go on to the next episode. Yeah. So it, it, I, I think it's really cool how there was even like this slight clown element, even though it's brief, but it is there in both episodes where Michael McKean is kind of the forefront in the Voyager episode. Absolutely. So Wait, is Michael it, McKean the one that played Fear in Star Trek? Yeah, uh, no, he, yeah, in Star Trek. He's, yeah. he's um, what was it, Squiggy from Lenny and Squiggy? Because he was hilarious. Know. Just his, like, delivery of his lines. Everything about the character of uh, Fear, fear reminded fear me of Hugh. Everybody. Wait, Hugh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Hugh appears yeah, in that as well. And I, well. Well, I loved him, and he was in one of my top five favorite X, X-File episodes, where basically he switched roles with Duchovny. Uh, yeah. He was working, like, at, you know, Area 51 or something like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. The X Files, the X Files was some of my like things I was kind of filing through. (laughs) Never mind the pun, but I was kind of sorting through ideas that I could bring to the show, and I got to the X Files, and I was like, "This, the X Files does it so many times, so perfectly. I can't like pick it apart, you know, and bring forth a thing." Yeah, I mean, I've even binged like just bong rips with. The X Files, and you know, to me, I mean, uh, you know, stoned or not, you know, it's just a great fucking show. But it's yeah. nice to alter a perception because sometimes you're like, wow, now I can kind of see like, like, say if it's like the host, it's like, whoa, I feel like I'm actually like seeing Fluky's perspective on shit, and <laughs> of, you know, and then he gets chopped in half, and it's like, yeah, I'd probably scream too, and my my mouth wouldn't. Look that pretty if I was screaming with the skull X for Christ's sakes coming out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> my earliest memory of X Files is, is that episode where it's like a newscasting. Do you remember that? It's like a. It's like X Cops. You mean when it was like the cops episode, but it was the yeah. World it was just thing? like cops, and I thought it was really cops because I was so young. I don't remember that one. That was like by like the ninth season, I think. I mean, that was it, it was it was right it was right before. I think it was the season actually where Duke left at the end, and then Robert Patrick came in. I never uh, that kind of thing. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Um, that guy. They're all like mini movies. What'd you say? I said they're all like mini movies, whether if it's the conspiracies. I mean, the conspiracies feel like The Godfather because it's just so long. How many episodes, you know, deal with conspiracies. But I love the standalones. I mean, my favorite are like the Peacock family, the the Embraer family, and they were like early on in season two. And that was was kind of the birth of the, the, the mature rating credit, I think, for TV, actually. I like the, uh, the mole guy. That he, he appears in two episodes. I think in the first season and maybe in like the third or fourth season again, he would like never age. He would like consume people's livers and stuff. Oh, Eugene Victor Coombs. <laughs> yeah. That was Doug Hutchinson, who was also in uh, The Green Mile. He has yep. such a creepy looking face. Yeah, he does. <laughs> very good actor. Very questionable lifestyle, but a very good actor. Yeah, he did, he was he has like a child bride or something like that. That was a really weird situation with him. Gotcha. 
talking about the Orville episode, um, so we we know it's a simulation, but I was having a hard time picking up when the simulation started. Like, I definitely thought it was, like, after the doctor visit, after, no, after she talked to her parents. That's when I thought that the simulation started. It could be. It, I don't know. I mean, the simulation... No, I think that must have been outside the simulation because that's where they told her about the fire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that's when she really became aware of it. And I think I think it was actually immediately after that. Yeah, that makes she sense. She went into it because she's like, I need to get to the root here of this issue. She's like, I need to face this, and I don't know what the hell's going on. And I think that's why everything kind of took place after that where – just the sheer insanity of she just piles on the other crew members' fears into the program. It's pretty brilliant. Wait, they didn't know about her doing that. Is that what the issue was at the end? No, it was like she was put under when they put her in the simulation, so she didn't know she was in the simulation the whole time. Oh, but it was kind of like but unbeknownst to her. Yeah, so she like knew about it going in, but science fiction erased her memory or whatever. And then the rest of the crew, I guess, like pitched in the things that they were afraid about to the simulation. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the fear aspect, I feel like the Star Trek one hit me more, like in the feels. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite yeah. things ever. <laughs> yeah. Were you going to say something? Huh? Were you going to say something? Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> So I think what I, basically what I was going to go with uh, the Orzo is I love how like McFarlane's characters and in, in arachnophobe, someone else has a fear of heights, and it seems like not only does she have to conquer her issue, all these people basically put whatever it is, and she had to overcome it, but they couldn't pull her out of it. Because it was objective 38 or something like that along mm-hmm. those lines. Where yeah. she basically is in control of the whole situation. So she has to persevere. That's what she did. She put herself in a position. She's like, I have to succeed because yeah. if I fail, I don't know. Some background, some background on, on the characters. So Lieutenant Alara, she's like the youngest member of the, the senior officers and her race, like, most of them, uh, eventually when another character from that race comes in, it, it kind of explains better, but basically like, we'll call it probably like 70, 30, where like 70% of that race population is like all about brains, not about muscle. Oh. But then the other part that we haven't met yet by then is really about like, no, it's cool to be like strong and smart. Uh, they're from like a higher gravity planet, which is why she's like Jesse's size, but can like, lift and throw you and me, Billy, together with no problem. Yeah, she had to save that guy's life, you know, but she's trying to get to him to take that thing off of him, considering how, you know, she's able to just, you know, like like Hulk, just move yeah. shit around. Um, so that's why, like, I forgot about that when she made the phone call. Uh, they were, like, trying to pressure her to leave the service mm-hmm. and then go back to school and blah, blah, blah. Um Yeah. That storyline, you know, progresses a little later in the series, but yeah, good episode. It's cool to see that the father was the same as the doctor. Yeah, Robert. Robert, Picard. what's his name? 
Picardo, Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo, he's so good. I love his demeanor in Star Trek. Emergency like, medical hologram on Star Trek Voyager. He's pretty much the new uh, Data, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of like Data in that series, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of like, I guess like individual, individual, individual. I'm I'm high. I can't come to the right words. Individualism. Individualism. I don't yeah. know what you're Yep. <laughs> a lot about the writing stuff of him in the series. Um, yeah, and then of course, because he's a hologram, they get a little some cool science fiction tricks out of him, like they did in the Thaw, where you know he was able to easily disguise himself. Mm-hmm. And he was so fucking funny. How he basically walks into these hallucinations with Michael McKean, and he's this clown. He's trying to do his thing. And then he just walks in. He's like, "You're ruining my fun." <laughs> he's like, "We're here to negotiate on terms of business, business, business," and just kind of that juxtaposition of the two of them because he's a yeah. very funny actor. And I've known Picardo as kind of a comedian because I love the physical stuff he did in like Gremlins Two with like the Greta yeah. Gremlin basically chasing all over him, <laughs> or even like playing the cowboy in inner space where. When he changes from Martin Short to him, I mean, oh my God, just, you know, he knows how to do comedy and I just got to kick out of the whole thing. Where's my light? What have you spoken today? Me or him? Whoever wants to answer first. I'll answer first because I got my beautiful glow in the dark scorpion right here. Um, doing a hybrid, uh, that I like, that I like to call Go Home Steve. It's basically a cross between Purple Oracle and Wedding Cake. Because Virgil's coming over and he's like, wedding cake, hey Laura. You know, Carl's just like, go home, Steve. <laughs> I love the mix. Yeah, the cake is pretty dry and I'm kind of glad I found it because I thought I finished it all. And for Oracle, I've just been, you know, it's funny. I mean, I can make this, I can do like a few hits a day. I'm content. So I can make yeah. stuff for Jeff. What are you smoking, Josh? I have the perfect um, nerdy sci-fi strain today. It's lightsaber. <laughs> Green lightsaber, I guess, specifically. How apropos. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's a healthy cup. Now, how much of a hybrid is that? Or I mean, that sounds more like a indica than a sativa, or am I wrong? Indica. I'm pretty... Uh, Pretty lenient about about the amount of sativa I smoke, but uh, yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. I'm smoking. Um, I don't know the strain. I know it's a hybrid, but it was like in a little square, and it just gets me really high. It's um, I think it's more indica because I don't really get anxiety, but um, it's so nice. It's just so nice. That's all I have to say. There's something wrong. <laughs> it's so nice when you can find the perfect, I guess you would say, kind of hybrid. You know, something that can relax you, but you can still get some shit done without feeling like you wasted the entire fucking day. Right? I mean, if you're doing bong rips of pure indica, forget about it. You know, you're not <laughs> doing anything for a fucking week as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, I can function pretty well usually under it. Uh, but there are, like, uh, Praying Mantis is probably my favorite hybrid. Uh, uh, sativa strain, and that's one that I can definitely like. Man, uh, good. I, I, 
I can, I can, you know, I can push out some creative things or clean the house or something with it. Most of the time, sativas just make me feel like I forgot to take my meds or something. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it does kind of have that effect, you know. I mean, I, I felt that before, you know, like, or, or it almost feels like you're missing something and you don't know what. Yeah, it is. yeah, it that's perfect. <laughs> I can actually relate to that statement too. Because, like, I don't know, sometimes I can fall asleep with sativas, but, like, it just, it's not comfortable if it's, like, too much. And then I get anxiety, and I get all shaky, and I'm just like, crap, I need to eat a ton of shit right now to not be this high. <laughs> what's your, like, best way of not being scared when you get too high? What's, um, what's your favorite show when you get high? Is that what you said? No, when you get scared. Like, some people will get, like, anxiety if they smoke too much. Like, what is the best thing for you to stop being high? I call it nostalgia therapy. I basically go to something that I'm familiar with, um, music or something, uh, video or audio that I'm just familiar with. And, and that can bring me back to a sense that I can somewhat relax me up. I call it nostalgia therapy for many things, not just this, but, you know, depression. If you're not feeling good, then listen or watch something that makes you feel good about yourself. Cause sometimes I mean, that's like your tether. Yeah. You need to find the balance. So it's like, if you're feeling that so much of that one thing, then you need to pull yourself out of it. If you can acknowledge it, that's the big thing. Cause a lot of people don't want to, that they just want to stay in a sense of, you know, paranoia. And then it's like, cut the shit. Let's just yeah. feel better about ourselves. Let's watch a few episodes of DuckTales. Let's have a shot of rum. And you know what? Just one. And that's all you need. And it's like, all right, this is great. Life is like a hurricane. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, yeah. All right. I'm down. (laughs) Can you relate to that, Josh? Yeah. I mean, definitely like listening to music. Sometimes even like music that's obvious, like stoner music, like Sublime or Led Zeppelin's always like a good feel good high when I need it. You know, I like to listen to a lot of classical myself, especially when I'm high. Mm -hmm. with like you know all the good metals but honestly i just uh i'm I'm legally blind i don't know if i ever told you that but i just take my my like quarter size glass lenses out of my face and then i'm i like can't see anything so then i'm like nah it's cool it's cool (laughs) (laughs) wow i did not know that that's a fun fact (laughs) yeah but i imagine you know just with the strain sometimes, you know, on your eyes, you know, you can probably get headaches to a certain degree. I mean, I do migraines, but I don't deal with eye issues, but I deal with slight eye issues. And, you know, even like smoking with like having a migraine, it can either be, it's so quick and it's like the, the double side of the knife. It can be something that can work great for you, or it can be the worst thing that you did to yourself. And it really all depends on how you're consuming it. If you oh, if you do it through flour, I just don't think it's a good idea. But I did it once as an edible, and it actually was beneficial. Cool. I actually didn't smoke weed for the first time until I was 27 or 28. <clears throat> I'm 33 now. I was never like an anti-weed person. It just didn't have that appeal to me. And then... I finally tried it, and it, even after that, it took me like another year and a half or so to really get into it regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I used to work, I used to rather live on the Cape Cod Canal, 
at that time. And my friend at work was like, hey, man, I know you don't really smoke that much, but I also know tomorrow you don't got shit to do and I don't got shit to do basically like Friday. <laughs> and then he's like, why don't we just go hang out, take a walk in the canal and smoke these joints? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then that was like the first like real time I really got high in a positive way. And I remember stopping and just staring across the canal. And I was like, dude, I can read the sign for the boat like wake thing over there on the other side of the canal right now. This is wild. And then I went to my eye specialist and, you know, they ask you all the medical questions. And like, do you smoke drugs? I was like, I smoke marijuana. I, you know, seems to help me like see better. And then my eye specialist, she came in like, this this lady, this like 27 year old lady with like five doctorates comes in and is like, so you're smoking marijuana? That's great. Yeah, that should help your eyesight. Here's a reason why. And I was like, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is awesome. So you kind of yeah. like found your medicine in a way. Absolutely. I mean, it helps with a lot of things. Definitely eyesight towards the end of the night and sleeping is the two, but the two main ones for me. But yeah. <laughs> Medicine for sure. <laughs> Yay! I'm so glad you like use it medically as well, not just recreational. It's nice to see like the balance, you know. Yeah. Damn. Um, I have a random, 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 random question. Right. Do you guys have any porn store, uh, porn store stories, like funny porn store stories? Porn store stories. Mm-hmm. Well. Actually, yes, I have multiple. Uh, <laughs> I can kind of think of one, I guess, that might count. I remember there was a place, there was a place uh, many, many moons ago at the corner of Newberry and Mass Ave, and it was a bakery, and they all, you know, they sold cakes of all sizes, and they would make breasts, or they would make, like, you know, dick-shaped cakes. <laughs> and... <clears throat> I heard, I remember when I was really young, a friend of mine basically is a joke that was older than me. He's like, yeah, I got a cake for you, buddy. He's like, where'd you get it from? Oh, this new place that's, you know, downtown. And, and then he got back to him, and I remember hearing, like, dude, you ruined the party. And it's like, I wasn't even there. What are you talking about? It's like, I picked up the cake. And he's like, yeah, it was a dick. It wasn't actually a balloon. <laughs> It's like, well, it looks kind of like a balloon, you know, if you look at it. And, and then people were, you know, they're like, it's cage, you know, eat it, you know. And so, you know, some people ate it and then took a picture and was like, yeah, you know, you never want your, uh, you know, genitals to look like that. <laughs> Chunks taken out of them. Disturbing. Damn. One of the times I was, uh, I lived in Taunton for about four years and there's this porn store over there. So I just turned 18 and, you know, you have to go to like do all the things that an 18 year old can do. And that's going into a porn store. So I go in there with my friends and I see that they have dick noodles. <laughs> and, um, I I've just got them. so, you seen them? Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they the, the pasta, really the, the penis pasta. Yeah, so I got really excited about seeing that, but I was going to, like, wait to come back for those, right? But me and my friends are, like, in there, and we're just causing a ruckus. Like, we're chasing each other with, like, double-blended dildos. Like, it was pretty, pretty obnoxious, but the guys got, like, mad at us, obviously. And so we leave with our heads held down, and then, like, literally the next day, I come back, and it's just me. And he just looks at me. He's like, where's your group? And I'm just like, I'm not with me today. I just... I need these, though. I need these. Please let me in. And he's just like, 
okay, fine, whatever. And he like doesn't give me shit. But I come up and I'm just like keeping eye contact. And I'm just like, here's my dick noodles. Like I need these dick noodles. And I don't know. Every time I see him, he just like, he has like this dick noodles like look, you know? Yeah, go home, cook it. Next thing you know, now you have a pot of dicks. Dude, it was great. Like mac and cheese dick noodles? Bomb. Yeah, all right. I was going to ask what you put on them. So mac and cheese dick noodles, that works. All right. Mac and cheese dick Personally, I might do a parmigiana reggiana and, you know, grate it. And then maybe do like a, a, a very apropos, maybe like a, a Alfredo sauce. Of course, the Alfredo sauce. Yeah. I was thinking like dick cheese. Dick cheese, yeah. Dick cheeseroni. Or as I like to say in my Dr. Evil voice, oh, you mean schmegma? <laughs> schmegma. <laughs> that is beautiful. Uh, yeah, I can't find the picture anywhere. I can see the picture of my story because it's not really a porn shop story, but my senior year of high school, I think my friend bought a candy bra for me as like, I think it was around Christmas time. So like a Christmas <laughs> gift, if you will. And so I don't know, it was just everyone's exchanging gifts. And he hands me this box and I'm like, Oh cool. And I'm unwrapping it. And as I like unwrap it, my girlfriend at the time, like just kind of starts stepping away from me and I like open it. And it's just this big candy bra. And I, I, I'll find the picture one day and I'll show it to you. Cause it's like <laughs> me with like, I don't know, in between color fades, medium length, flippy hair, and it's ugly. And I just look so opish and dumb with no beard, like holding this candy bra. Like, what do I do with this thing? <laughs> That's when you yes. turn to your girlfriend and say, "Hey, baby, want to eat fruit little roll ups <laughs> off me?" <laughs> I used to get those just to eat the candy, like in public. Yeah. I was so awkward. Like, I would just be eating like the thong part, and people are just staring at me. <laughs> I definitely did eat it, yeah. <laughs> right? You have to. It's it's candy. Why not? Something like buying snacks at Hot Topic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I would love some of those uh, chili fried uh, uh, crickets. I think those were more at, like, Newberry Comics. They also had, like, the one-up drinks, but they tasted like shit. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, from someone who used—I mean, I used to work at FYE, and I was—I was a their movie specialist. But we had some snacks that were like, "Oh man, I would only eat that. I wouldn't even need to eat that on a dare." <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite thing? Did you ever make anything like at home to smoke with? Like your proudest, like marijuana. Like, thing to smoke out of? Like a Daniel Baldwin moment? Like, yeah, man, I've worked with less. Just get me, like, you know, an apple, uh, uh, a straw, and um, a Coke can. Don't worry. Yeah. Do a MacGyver moment. Well, I mean, growing up, shit, in high school, it was always, like, the soda can. Yeah. Oh, I hated the soda can. can. I, I, I don't like some version of this. Uh, JT... One time, me and him went hiking, and I, I forget if we forgot papers or whatnot, but he was like, no, man, you, like, just started smoking weed. We're going to go buy a can of Sprite, and we're going to smoke out of a can. 
So that was it. At like probably 30 years old, hanging out with JT in the woods in Dartmouth, I got That's to beautiful. smoke out of a, a can for the first time. <laughs> I the My favorite. Same what? JT. I wonder if it's the same JT that I know. Yeah, he, we uh, did Tub of Guts together. You, me, and okay. him. Yeah. 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 JT. The infamous <laughs> JT. <laughs> My favorite thing I ever made was um out of a plastic two-liter bottle. We cut it in half. We took duct tape and a plastic bag, and we, like, did the bag inside of the, the, the bottle. And then yeah. you make, like, your own little smoky thing, and you have, like, your own gravity bong. It's so fucking good and Dope. so cheap. <laughs> I think the worst thing I discovered, and this is real quick, is a buddy of mine from high school, the guy who actually I smoked up for the first time with, came over to my place, like, let's watch movies and get big, you know, like that sounds awesome. So we put on uh, Gacy starring um, Francis from Peavy's Big Adventure, Mark Holton, who was also on Leprechaun. And he played the great Gacy and the weird thing is we were like smoking and my mother's her, her bedroom's above us and my buddy's like, yeah man, what you want to do? Get like a dryer sheet, get like a, um, an empty one of these and then yes. we'll get a rubber band so when you exhale you basically are blowing through the tube and, you know, and we did that. And I'm like, holy shit, because we were catching the taste of the, um, bride. The bride yeah. And it's like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's like, I might as well not use it. <laughs> it's crazy. This, uh, I, so I did this like little test one time. I wanted to see how much, um, what's it called? It's like, <laughs> Sorry, being high sucks sometimes. <laughs> um, when you like smoke and you like exhale and you can see like the nicotine like on the paper. So, um, so you can do the same thing with like marijuana and you actually get more out of like the weed than you do like cigarettes, which is like craziness. Right. It's like the tar, the tar that comes from like smoking. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but it tastes so good. <laughs> so just don't smoke out of anything copper because I guess you get like oh, Tourette. yeah. not Tourette's that was the wrong thing Parkinson's that's it well I'm not prone to smoking copper um, I'm not even prone to smoking platinum uh, and I'm not as cool to you know smoke gold well you're fancy enough to smoke gold so yeah, I don't know where I stand. I, I stand right here. That's all I know. <laughs> so you guys have these cool, like, high school weed stories. I'm, I'm, I feel like that Jewish kid that I am when everyone talks about their favorite Christmas because I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're new. You're I, new have, I have a question for you, my Jewish friend. Favorite, favorite gift um, from one of the eight crazy nights. What is one of your favorite gifts that you got before the age of 10? Oh man. I think I think my sister got me an N sixty four once. No, and that that is a hell that of a one gift. tops all gifts. I'm trying to remember if that's what it was for, but I'm just gonna I guess accredit it to Hanukkah. Yeah, hell like, yeah. Um, getting a video consult I mean shit, even getting stoned and playing video games, you know, was like one of those things that Absolutely. so many of my friends <laughs> love to do, but I've it's been so long since I jumped on that. Video game bandwagon. I get you. I was out quite a few years. (laughs) (laughs) I loved the N64. I still have mine. 
I don't know if it works. I haven't tried it out. But Mario Kart definitely has my heart forever and ever. Absolutely. We keep I'm talking about getting a Switch so we can play Mario Kart. Yes, do it. The new one sucks, though. Be careful. That one, that one hates people. All right. I remember <laughs> when I got my Wii reset up. Um, I smoked like three bowls in a row and then I played Donkey Kong Country because that was one of my favorite games on Super mm-hmm. Nintendo growing up. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm still good at it. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you don't lose it, especially when you, you know, I mean, the, the Wii controller I thought was one of the most beautiful basic things since the SNES controller. Cause I, once there's so many buttons, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I think, what was that game that first came out with the Wii that they advertised a lot? Because I think that's what killed the Wii the most. Like Red Steel or something? Something like, yeah. Cause I, well, there was the commercials like the, the commercial showed you doing like these really crazy moves and stuff. And, and then like the game came out and it's really just like, that's it. That's all you got. Move your hand down, move your hand up. That's it. That's how the sword works. <laughs> Which yeah. itself is cool, but it, it compared to that commercial, it, it lost a lot of steam. And it's well funny. I remember my brother was able to master the sports games while laying down, <laughs> That's sweet. especially tennis. He would be on the couch and just be like, and I'm like, how the hell are you winning? It's like I thought you'd be standing up playing the way. He's like, nope, I mastered this. No. <laughs> That's so great. I think we're getting near the end of a uh, end of this little little parade here. But so, um, I wanted I, to see if you had any. Up. What? I was saying, what if we bring up the drug club story? <laughs> club right. drug of the day. My oh. funny coke story. We would love to hear your Coke story. All right. So I've never done Coke. I think I would really love it, so I don't want to do it. Uh, I really enjoy candy bars, so that's why I know Jess so well, because I buy too many candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any Zagnuts in there by chance? <laughs> Zagnuts, all right. Butterfinger's my, my crack, though. I love Butterfingers. <laughs> I your fingers off my Butterfingers. <laughs> so one time in high school, and I'm like still in metal bands and stuff. Still got like trip pants on. This is the season for the trench coat and corpse paint and all that. And this guy behind me and my friend at McDonald's is like, "Hey, you guys going to a mall to shoot it up?" Ha ha. And I was just like, shrug, whatever. I don't care. And then he's just like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a joke." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. It's whatever. I don't. I don't care. I'm just hungry." And his girlfriend like slapped him. Said, "What the fuck's wrong with you, dude? We're so sorry, man. We're sorry." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't. I don't care." And there's like, I don't know, four people ahead of us in line and they're just apologizing the whole time. I'm like, whatever. And I get my food, sit at my table and this guy comes by and goes, oh, those fries look bomb. And I thought he grabbed a fry off my tray and I was like, weird. And then I look down and there's just like a little tiny bag of Coke. And I look back at him and he's like, as he's walking out the door, and I just stared at this little bag of Coke for like what felt like an eternity because I was very poor. (laughs) And I was like, man, I want to sell this. But at the same time, for moral reasons and the fact that the moment I walk out of the store with my luck, a cop will just stop me and be like, what's in your pocket? It's empty. Right <laughs> they just so know. I ended up just tossing it out. But 
I stared at that little bag for what felt like an hour. <laughs> the natural paranoia just settled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One of my funny Coke stories is uh, actually at Cumberland Farms. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone was was like, "Hey, do you like stimulants?" And I'm like, "Well, I take Adderall because I'm ADHD, so you like, I guess so, yeah." And she's like, "Well, I, I gave you something. It's in the bathroom." And I'm like, "Uh, okay." So I walk into the bathroom and I lock it and I look at the hand dryer and there's just tons of cocaine on the fucking hand dryer at Cumberland Farms. Was there a dollar already rolled up there for you? Oh, well, I'm just like, first of all, if I was going to do all of this, you think I'm going to do all of this at once? And also, where the fuck, like, how the fuck am I going to transport all of this? Like, what <laughs> the fuck? It was so random. But, like, people are just so generous with drugs. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of a quick story. It wasn't me personally. I've, I've done coke once, and it was just something I really didn't wasn't into. But when my brother was in high school, he would have parties all the time. And, you know, some of these kids would just, you know, they'd be bringing shit over to the house. And I'll never forget a good friend of even mine, but my brother, he was doing coke right on the kitchen counter. And, you know, it was a clean surface and everything. All of a sudden, my cat, Frank the Tank, jumps up on the counter and does all the coke. (laughs) Oh, no. And... Frank the Tank was a party animal, literally. <laughs> and um, my brother's friends, they would make, like, little mimosas, and the cat would come over and have his own little mimosa, you know, stealing people's drugs, you know. It's, you I know, love and this he, cat. This cat, Frank the Tank, and he lived till he was, like, 18 years old. I mean, you know, he had a long life, but, you know, he, he was a party animal. But like, any pet I have would be a party animal. Right. <laughs> oh, man, that reminds me of uh, what was it? The the dinosaur, the T Rex, cocaine T Rex, and he's just like it's a hand puppet, and you see like a pile of flour, and he's just like yeah. cocaine, and he dives into it, and he's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony Montana. <laughs> well, I have to say uh, a big thank you to Josh for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for letting me come on and talk about thank some you for coming here. We definitely Yeah. And another big thanks to uh, the Boombastic Media Network for having us in your home. We love you so much. Yes, thanks. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> we love you. Boombastic Media as well. <laughs> and we will catch you next time on, what is it called again? Blood what? Blood and blood, yes. Blood and blood. Blood and blood, here we go. Alright, thank you again. Bye guys. This show is a part of the Boombastic Media Network. If you enjoyed it, check out other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to watch and support the cause a little deeper, check out our Patreon page at Boombastic Streaming. That's Boombastic with two O's at Patreon.com for uncut videos of past and present from podcasts as well as early access and all types of Boombastic goodies. Our podcasts and films all in one place. 
plug in. We appreciate you and your support.